This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 251. And the quote of the day is from Paul Meyer, who said, Focus on your strengths instead of your weaknesses, on your powers instead of your problems. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here with another session of the Drummer's Resource Podcast, and we're on our way to 500. Just hit the 250th episode. This is 251. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for being part of it. Thanks for checking it out. If this is your first time checking it out, welcome to the Drummer's Resource Podcast. You can find all 250 episodes free, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and always at drummersresource.com. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you dig it, do me a favor and head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And what that does is it helps it show up better in the search engine and it helps raise the awareness of the podcast. So if you could do that, I would definitely appreciate it. Now, I want to get right into this conversation. This is with Michael O'Neill. And Michael O'Neill is a drummer and he also is a podcaster and he runs a website called the solopreneur hour a podcast website called the solopreneur hour and this conversation is great because he understands music he like i said he's a drummer but we talk about different ways that you can sort of harness the internet you can use the power of the internet and your skill sets to earn some extra cash maybe make the transition from playing part-time to playing full-time and replacing your day gig with some side hustle money that you're making online and things like that. So it's a really great opportunity. We explore a bunch of different ideas of ways that you can actually take the skills that you already have, make some money and free up some time for you to play drums more, maybe for you to tour, to put yourself in the best position to succeed. And Michael definitely knows all about that. Like I said, he runs an online business much like I do. So it's a great back and forth conversation and he speaks the language of drumming as well. So without further ado, let's get into it with my newly found friend, Mr. Michael O'Neill. Michael O'Neill, what's up, brother? Young Nicholas, how are you, sir? I'm I'm well. I'm not that young, am I? Well, I guess nah, I'm kind kind of young. I, I got a buddy here who's I feel like I'm who's 19. Nick, I got a buddy here who's young in San Diego, and uh, his name is Nicholas, so I call him Young Nicholas. Now all of my Nicholases are Young Nicholas. I like it. My buddy calls yeah. me Nikolai Hobby Bullen, and <laughs> that's and, right. Uh, I and uh, so now a lot of my friends call me that. <laughs> yeah, he's Hobby. a hockey player, right? He was. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Nikolai Hobby Bullen. So, uh, lots to talk about today. So, first of all, uh, thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking. Well, the time. you you paid me a lot, so I thought, all right, if you're going to pay me a few hundred bucks, I'll. Definitely we usually don't tell show. the uh, the audience that. Uh, oh, that's you. You keep that, that behind pay. the yeah, fourth that's wall. Be, that's behind the door. <laughs> I see. Okay. Uh, well, then yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah. I could, so I this is the wait. first and last time uh, we've ever paid anyone. So it was just a trial <laughs> thing. Then, um, I, then I couldn't wait to be here. Sorry. <laughs> so you and I got connected uh, 
it's kind of a roundabout way. You are you're a drummer, obviously. Uh, this is the Drummers Resource Podcast. You are friends with Mike Johnston, who everyone listening knows who Mike is. You've had him on your podcast. You've had me on your podcast, and now you're on my podcast. And we're going to talk about uh, a bunch of things. I want to talk about you know your drumming career. I want to talk about the fact that as a musician, you're also an entrepreneur. If you want to do this as a career, or at least make some money out of it, it may not be your full time gig. Uh, and then one thing that that you and I have really done successfully is create a way for us to sort of have a lifestyle where we can sort of come and go as we please and we can play as much or as little as we want which was for me the you know the goal of drummer's resource and i'm sure as i'm sure it was with you with a uh, solopreneur hour but let's get a little bit you're i'm gonna i want some backstory on you um and we don't need you know the the long version but just brief history like where you're from how you got into playing and sort of where those roads led yeah, I grew up in a super musical family. Um, so my my mom played piano, my dad played sax. Um, brother brother's a phenomenal guitar player. Uh, aunt was a professional jazz pianist. Two cousins on Broadway. Uh, it was oh, wow. just like mus- musical instruments were in the house growing up. So Christmas was always like a seven part harmony, you know, when people were singing, <laughs> and uh, and everyone could carry a tune, and everyone was kind of funny. So we had like kind of a that that vibe. Uh, Toledo, Ohio, is where I was born. Then we moved to Philly. Uh, when I was like 12 and, um, where did you live? So in Philly? I was, uh, so I grew up in a little town called Yardley, which is in yeah. Bucks County. And then when I was, you know, a little later in life, I lived in Maniunk, which is like this cool little artsy town in, uh, Roxborough. Cause I went to Temple university. Um, okay. and I used to ride my bike to, to school until I, I rode my bike by a drive by shooting. Temple, really? Temple, of course. Yeah, Temple is not in the nicest neighborhood it is in, in Philly. The, it's in a bad neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> so totally my car got stolen once and broken into twice. And, and then I saw a drive by and I'm like, all right, I guess I'm not going to ride my bike through this neighborhood anymore. Yeah. My wife, um, I mean, I, I'm obviously from the same area. And uh, my, my wife went to medical school there and she's like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, she was like, I don't know if I want to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little, you know, yeah. Um, so. I started, I started really playing drums when I was in, um, well, I shouldn't say this. I took a couple drum lessons when I was in second grade. That's when it was kind of the seeds were planted, Mm -hmm. but I didn't do anything with it in high school. I wasn't one of those high school guys that, that, you know, played in the band or, or or the choir or any of that stuff. So it was actually after high school and I was living in Newark, Delaware, uh, University of Delaware. My brother was going there and I was dating this girl who dumped me. And uh, I was so heartbroken. I was like, no, how old was I? I was like uh, 19, I think. And I remember kind of sneaking into this bar. I didn't drink alcohol, but I just wanted to go. There was a, there was a band there, um, this bar called the Deer Park Tavern. And um, Oh, Deer Park. Yeah. I played there. Have you, have you heard it? You played yeah, there? I yeah, played there so, many times. So there was a, a band called Three Swell Joes that played there. And the drummer was doing that thing that I still, by the way, t- as of this day, I'm, I started working on it in November of 2016 and I'm working on it now, which is those really fast quads between the hands and feet. Right. But like blazing, this guy was blazing them. And I think when you get them down, they look, it looks like you're floating. Like it looks like your hands are just sort of floating and you're making mm-hmm. all this noise. I remember seeing that and going, whoa, that was unreal. And so I said, do you teach lessons? And he said, yeah. And his name was Tom Palmer. 
And he's the percussion, uh, or was, and I don't know if he still is, but he was the percussion uh, chair at University of Delaware. And pretty young dude, probably mid-30s when I met him. And we we sat down in his little studio, and one of the first things he did is he played Island Magic by Dave Weckl um, on his drums. And that song's in seven. It's really cool. It's got this, you know, um, I, I forget the, it might be a songo kind of bass drum thing. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen any of it. And I was like, what on earth is that? It was, it was crazy. And then we sat down in front of the drum pads and he showed me a parrot. He was doing paradiddles, but then he moved his right hand to this cast iron lamp that was on <laughs> the right side. So all of a sudden he was getting that ding, 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 right. ding, ding. And I was like, what? So I was totally blown away by that. And so I started kind of working with him a bit within like, I don't know, a few months. I, did, I should qualify. I could already kind of play, even though I hadn't been playing, mm-hmm. I, I figured out how to play. So I bought an old drum set off my buddy, John, and uh, brought it up to my, my little apartment, little row houses in Delaware. You know, that, you know yeah. how that looks. Yep. So I must have pissed everybody off in that neighborhood <laughs> yeah. as a as a new drummer. There was a kid in my dorm who used to practice drums in the dorm rooms. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and, and I didn't. And most I just, people don't care, know. but yeah. like you know, some do. Um, <laughs> so, so that was kind of the beginning, and I started playing out a little bit. You know, a few months after that, and you know, fast forward like ten years, and I'd recorded a few albums, and I was living in in Colorado, and then I started touring for like probably seven to 10 years or something. And, in, in, uh, yeah, I probably did a, I think I did 98 through 2007 pretty consistently, you know, a ton of, ton of gigs a month. And nice. that was really where I cut my teeth, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so at, during the whole time, so were you only playing music? Did you have a day gig? Were you, uh, I was a web guy. I was a web designer. Um, so yeah, no, I wasn't, I was, I've never been a full time musician, but right. I've been a musician that has been able to, you know, structure his life where I could go on tour for seven to 10 days and that was okay. Right. And come back. You know what I mean? So I could structure it with whatever gig I had. And that was really always the, the plan. So I was a web guy. I worked for a design agency, but somewhere around 2000, 2001, I realized that I was unemployable. And uh, I, that's really what started my my freelance career and then you know now I've, I've got this whole other entrepreneurial thing going on but but it was it was realizing that there's a better lifestyle than just being in the grind the whole mm-hmm. time there's mm-hmm. a, a you know the way i the way i look at it you've got three major pillars time freedom location freedom financial freedom those are your three mm-hmm. so um, is this a rated G show? How do, how do we roll on this? No, come on, man. It's a, I don't know. It's a drumming podcast. Okay, cool. All right. So <laughs> I've had so, Chad Smith on here. So. Okay. So Actually, I don't know just to, I don't know if Chad cursed once. <laughs> right. I don't think that he All did, right, well, but you well, can curse. Yeah. Sweet. I'm, I'm glad. Um, we encourage so, that kind of be, no, so kidding. time freedom, location, freedom, financial freedom, right? The time, the time freedom part is really the easiest of the three, because you can just walk into your boss and, and go tell him to go fuck himself. Right. And then you got time freedom. Right. Now, location freedom is actually also not that difficult. People make it a bigger deal than it is. They're like, oh, God, I, I, you know, they hate where they are. And I'll tell you, environment is stronger than willpower. So if you're in a and this goes for location and it goes for the people you surround yourself with. So, you know, I, and I see this a lot with musicians, which is 
you know, we're, we've got this like core group of people that maybe we love to play music with, but they're not going anywhere. You know, they're just, mm -hmm. you know, they're hanging out. Maybe they're smoking a bunch of weed or, you know, whatever they're doing that they're not progressing. It's not that hard to look around and see the people that are building great music careers. And you look at those people and go, oh, you know what? They're not doing the same kinds of things that my friend group is. Right. So I want to go and be around those people instead of the people that I've been around. So, mm -hmm. so that's the person part. And then the location part is, look, you know, if it costs you five grand to move from your little shithole, wherever you live, to somewhere you want to live, then go mow some lawns. Figure it out. You right. know, figure out how you're going to get that five grand. Go play a bunch of cover gigs and just put that money in its own separate account until you got it and then go and then get out of there. So, you know, people in worse situations have made better than, than, you know, what we, the excuses we make for ourselves, I think. Mm -hmm. So, and then the, the financial freedom side is, I think a lot of what we're going to talk about, which is how can you take some of these musical skills and, and maybe translate them to other areas, you right. know, and there's a lot of directions we can go on that. So, and, you know, one um, of the the things that that sticks out to me and that's interesting is that years ago I had this notion that you were either going, you know, you either had to be, I was either going to be a full-time musician or, you know, you have to get a job, but you can't sort of have a job and be a full-time musician, if that right. makes sense. Like you can't, you know, I was thinking like, oh, you can't have i because i had no idea what location independent meant or any of that stuff at the time right. i didn't even know that was a thing and and thinking that you have to go to this job every single day and sort of live in as tom bill from uh, quest nutrition calls it the matrix you know like being inside of that all the time and now on the other side of you know like prime example i'm moving to san francisco in three weeks right, right. i nothing Amazing. is nothing is going to change for me Right. In terms well, might, of like, no, I mean, I mean, job wise, like I'm going to bring my laptop with me and, and I can do right, it. Right, 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 right. Exactly. You know, like, about, I, I, go ahead. I was going to say, what about playing wise? Do you have a plan for, um, I, and I don't know this about you. Do you play much, uh, you're in Jersey, right? Yeah. You play much there now. So here's interesting that you brought that up that so i just had drew shoals on the podcast who uh from train he's a drummer from train and right. we talked about how you can do everything you can't just do everything at the same time so when i i was moving from philadelphia to to jersey right you know i'm right outside of manhattan and i was moving here i was starting another i was starting two businesses a restaurant and drummer's resource and trying to put my foot in the door of a new location in terms of getting gigs. Right. And I was like, there's no way I can do all of this at the same time. And I said, what's the most important? I want to build drummer's resource so that I have that as, as income. And then it'll, it'll allow me to do from there virtually anything that I want. So I purposely took off for about two years of playing no gigs. No, like I wasn't hustling gigs. If somebody called me, depending on if the situation was right, I would take the gig, but I wasn't going out of my way to try to get any gigs at all. No tours, no nothing. And now 2017, I'm actually in right, ready to go. Uh, drummer's resources in a great spot. And now I have a lot more time to actually start gigging again, which works out perfectly because I'm moving to a new town. So I'm going to be eager to get out anyway and sort of learn the area and, and connect with everybody. So yeah, so that's a that's a great. Um, I I did the exact same thing when I moved to San Diego. So that's when I started the Solopreneur Hour, 
And I, the way my analogy for it is when you take off in an airplane. So you've got to get to cruising altitude before you can kind of look around and go, you know, all right, I can open my laptop now. Right. right. So you've got to crank and climb and climb and climb on whatever you're doing. Um, I do have a suggestion for you if you're open to it. Um, and, you know, maybe, uh, you know, you, you, you guys can learn the same thing. I've, I've now played, I've played on almost every continent um, one way or the other, like where I'll be, I've had some incidents where, you know, I was in London and a friend of a friend introduced me to a guy and, and, uh, and we were just having a barbecue, you know, and we were kind of chatting and, uh, turned out the guy was a guitar player and he was just about to record. This was on a Saturday. He was supposed to record on a Monday. He had no idea I was a drummer at all. He had, um, and he was supposed to record on a Monday. And he's like, oh man, I'm all bummed out. I was supposed to record this album and, and, uh, my drummer backed out. So I, I don't have a drummer. I'm like, oh man, that's a bummer, man. Where are you going to find a drummer in such short notice? <laughs> you know? And he's all, yeah. So I'm going to have to cancel the gig. And I'm like, yeah. What would it be so, worth to you if you could find a drummer? <laughs> God, yeah. How would you even find one? So I ended up recording four songs with him in one of the studios where the Beatles recorded. That's awesome. And that's the kind of random stuff that has happened to me in my life. But, and by the way, I always ask, but when I move or go to a new city, the very first thing I do is I look for the blues and jazz jams that, mm -hmm. um, so you can always Google and this goes for everybody that wants to play out a little more and meet some people to play with and see where some of the good musicians that are really hustling, uh, are, are going. So just Google, you know, blues jam or jazz jam, and then the name of your town. And you'll see probably some really bad 1998 website, but it might list some venues, call those venues and say, Hey, do you still have the blues jam going on? What's the deal? And you got to show up. And <laughs> there's been a couple of pretty funny incidents. Um, one was in Belgium when I did that. And there was a Thursday at a place called, um, you know, the, I don't know if you drink beer. I don't drink beer, but there's a place called Delirium and there's a beer called Delirium, which has no. this kind of pink elephant on it. And you'll see if you ever look at these. Um, I mean, I'm a beer drinker, but I've never heard of it. Well, Delirium is like when you, you'll see the coaster and it's got this little pink elephant, elephant on it. And they're okay. known because they set the world's record, Guinness World's record for the most beers on tap in 2004. And they have 2004 beers on tap, nice. which is a lot. Um, but every Thursday they had a, a jam. And I remember going the week before Easter. It was like Thursday before Easter. And uh, I didn't know nobody, you know, I don't know anything and they don't know me at all. Nobody ever knows you when you walk in. So you got to kind of just be low key and chill put my name on the list and they're doing like eighties covers, which is hilarious. It's like turn up the radio, you know? Right. And, uh, it was like, woo. So I finally get called up to play. It's one forty-five AM. I got there at seven. Jeez. One forty-five AM. Oh, but I end up getting on stage with this guy called Manu Boels, who was like legitimately, Brussels or Belgium's Jason Mraz. He is so talented. And I was like, whoa. And we ripped it. By the way, place was still full, 145. Um, hmm. Next time here in San Diego, uh, Blues Jam, all black guys. I'm the white guy, right? So there's already a, th there's already a thing. And so like, I know I got to prove myself here, right? Get my name on the list. We have this kid who comes up and plays and uh, plays guitar. And he's terrible. He's from Pacific Beach. He's a terrible singer, terrible guitar player. And, uh, and it was like, this was the second week I'd been there again. It's late. I got just sort of thrown up with whatever band they kind of whisk him off after a song and I'm waiting for a changeover and I just start grooving like a little, uh, little side stick thing. Mm -hmm. And bass player kind of picks it up. And before you know it, 
the whole band. We got a sax player, keyboards, guitar, bass, and we're just ripping this groove. This guy walks on stage and does a 12 bar blues funk thing to this groove, you know? And they give me a solo. And instead of just going for it, I just sat there and like crushed in the pocket with this groove. Like I just accented a little bit here and there and kind of sat there and right in front of the, the stage, there was like six black dudes at a table and they were all like head down, bobbing their head, you know? And I was like, all right, I think I, I'm doing a good job here. And I, and I was just getting off stage and the guy who ran the jam goes, yo man, you got a card. And like those guys came up and like, dude, that was solid. So that was the day I earned my stripes. And I think right. you have to, you got to kind of go to these jams. It was super humble and just you'd like, you know, really listen, really pay attention. Try not to be nervous. They're typically like pretty lenient. You know, if you're not, mm -hmm. a, if you're kind of new and beginner, they're typically pretty lenient. You'll get your two or three tunes and, and that's cool. Um, but if you do a good job, they'll start putting you on with the good bands. When they put you on the good bands, one of those guitarists says, hey, I got this side project you want to play. And that's how I get all my gigs. Right. Between that and doing like a Craigslist ad with YouTube videos, that's how I get all my gigs. Nice. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's and, worked every time I've gone somewhere. And now, like, it's so easy with internet and and you know all, everything is interconnected now. So it's yeah. it's so much easier to you know move to a new location or or you know or anything that I mean everything's easier with the internet. But just just getting things started, it was a lot harder back in the day to you know, yeah. Get anything you know what though, wrong. YouTube has helped a lot. So and and the other suggestion I have for YouTube is. It's cool to have some stuff that shows you're ripping chops, but also have some stuff that, a, you know, a songwriter or a person in a band would go, oh, this person can, they can just sit there and rip it and be in the pocket and jam. So yeah, I mean, if you look at my, tired. <laughs> well, yeah, if you, if you look at my YouTube channel, um, it's definitely, you know, I've got a couple things that are kind of cool, but, but definitely when someone in a band sees it, they go, oh, that was awesome. And uh, that's, you know, and they'll call me for a gig because it's not super flashy stuff. Right. You know, right. I'll send you my link maybe if you want to throw it in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes, definitely. Yeah, cool. Um, so let's talk about one the the idea of of this location independent thing as yeah. it pertains to being a musician or you know being a drummer, being a musician of any sort, and how maybe some of the listeners can start to implement that into their lives because I'm sure that a lot of them are you know are in a situation if they're working a day gig that they can't just get up and leave for three weeks. And then come back to their gig. Those those situations are are sort of few and far between. Yeah. Um, so let's dive into that a little bit. And one, you know, how you suggest people start to even tip, you know, tip their toe in the water. Dip so, their toe. Tip their toe dip, in the water. I think dip. dip I think dip is toe. the one. That would yeah. be the one. Tipping it would be weird. Yeah. Um, so, are, are you asking as a musician how can you create separate income streams that don't sure. rely on? Is that what you're asking? Sure. Um, I think there's a lot of ways to do that. And, and, you know, it's funny. I had an, I won't tell you the person's name. He's a very famous, uh, uh, uh brass player. That's as much as I'll say. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get him on my show and, and, um, I said, yeah, well, you know, let's come on, we'll jump on, we'll talk about the state of the music business. And the, the response I got, he emailed me back and it was so defeated the, the, the email, he was so, his mindset was so defeated. And this is a guy that you, you 100% know. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking that's such a bummer that he's not been able to find a way to harness not only the, the, the leverage he's had from being on the charts and playing with all these famous musicians and doing all this stuff, 
uh, into something else that he loves. You know, he's so mm -hmm. great. And it's such a bummer that he hasn't been able to do that. But, but at the same time, I think it's his own fault. We've never been at a time that's easier to create money-making side businesses than we do now. Right. So, so first and foremost, I want you to think about Stop thinking about, you know, uh, your six figures a year and start thinking about cash flow. Think about what monthly cash flow and what it might look like for you. If you were able to kind of look at all your bills and, and let's say they came to $2,000 a month, which is, you know, probably super low for some of you, super high for some of you. So let's say the, I wish mine were two grand a month. Um, yeah, no kidding. In, in, in San Diego, right? Um, so look at that number. And then think about, all right, well, that's 500 bucks a week, really. It's not really, it's, if I take the weekend off, it's $100 a day. How can I make 100 bucks a day? Like, what could I be doing for this? And there are various ways that we can take our drum skills and translate them. And here's, here's a few that I can think of just off the top of my head. My buddy, Brian McRae, runs a company called drumoverdubs.com. So if you're in a, a local band and you want a great world-class drummer, you can just reach out to him. You can send him MP3s. He will put to, he will record like with Pro Tools uh, drum tracks and send them back. And you know he might charge a hundred bucks a song or whatever. I don't know what his rates are, but mm -hmm. he he could probably do a couple projects a week and make like a thousand dollars a week from that. You mm -hmm. know, or five hundred dollars a week. Let's say it's only five hundred bucks a week. He could do that. Right. Um, My buddy Dylan Wissing does the same thing. Yeah. And it's a legit way. Now, uh, you know, the, obviously there's upfront costs. You got to figure out how to mic your drums and get all that stuff together. Uh, but, but again, my drums are mic'd right now with a $100 uh, overhead from Audio Technica, Audio Technica called the AT2020. And then a kick drum mic and a, like an SM58, actually, because my 57 broke as a snare drum mic. And it sounds pretty darn good. You'd be mm -hmm. pretty surprised on how good it sounds. It's certainly good enough to to do a demo track for a, a band or something like that. So, and here, just to sort of add on to what you're saying, too, yeah. I'm sure that people are listening and they're going, well, that's great, but nobody knows who I am, so why would they hire me to play on their track? And I would say... Well, figure out Facebook ads, figure out how to, you know, how to market to people, figure out how that stuff works, because whether you want to accept the accept it or not, as an independent musician, you have to learn how to be a marketer. You have to learn how the Internet works. You have to learn, you know, same way that you learn your chops and, you know, learn paradiddles and tunes and all that stuff. You need to know how that stuff works too. So figure that out, figure out how to grow a community, figure out same thing I did with my podcast, same thing you did with yours. That's right. You need to put some time into figuring out the business side of it. Put some examples of you playing up there. Once you start to, you know, do some spec work where you play on a couple of people's records for free. And then you use that as, as your quote unquote portfolio and you start growing it from there. It's not going to happen overnight of, you're not right. just going to turn the switch on tomorrow, but it's, that's part of the sort of the prerequisite is like learning how to promote that stuff. I was in a great band that didn't make it in the, you know, mid two thousands. And we, we had a guy that, that was from LA big, big shot dude that happened to be in the crowd, um, of a, of a show we played and he stopped and he said, Hey, you know, can I talk to you guys? He's cause you're one of the best bands I've seen, you know, in years. Um, here's what you're doing wrong. And what we were doing wrong was, I mean, this was sort of, you know, uh, Dave Matthews era where you could just sort of be on stage and wear whatever you wanted and, you know, whatever. And he's like, you're not performing. You're just playing. Mm -hmm. So there was no performance anymore. 
you look at some of the old school stuff from the you know 50s 60s even the 70s there were like outfits and they were they were performing it was an it was an event it's to go entertainment see. yeah it was an event to go see this this show and so he goes you guys need to work on your look you know uh, and figure that out um you know he said really this industry is 30 percent how talented you are 30 percent your uh performance and like how it looks in your look and 30 percent marketing and the rest is all luck so right. um so i think that what you're saying is spot on in that you have like if you're a drummer that's actually looking for gigs and you're not on instagram you better download it in about three seconds because that's where everybody is right now. They're all with clips. And I started my Instagram during Nam. literally the day of the first day of Nam. I started my Instagram. I don't have a ton of followers. I have a couple hundred, but I've already gotten two gigs from it. Nice. Just from having an Instagram account that had a couple video clips and oh, dude, you in San Diego. Can you fill in for this gig? Great. You know, but I know how to do it. I know, I know how to do hashtags and I know how to tag people. And I, you know, you need to know that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so all right, so doing that kind of thing, the the drum overdub um, is a is a good idea. One thing you might not have heard of much of, but there's a lot of DJs that are looking for original loops. So you can lear start learning how to play drum loops. People love original loops, and if you have like a collection of snare drums, you can play the same groove with like four different snare drums, and that could be four different files. You can put those files up on any number of different um, like loop, you know, there's like loop depots and stuff where people can just, DJs can just buy loops mm -hmm. for a couple bucks, mm -hmm. you know, and they'll buy a 10 pack from you, you know, for 20 bucks. And that's, you know, that's something that that's legitimate 100% passive income. Right. And right, I you start you getting know, that stuff a, going. I think a lot of people look at that and they're like, oh, well, it's only, it's two bucks here and three bucks there. And it's like, well, look what tell, Mike, that, tell that to iTunes. I was going to say, tell that to yeah. Mike Johnson. <laughs> yeah, tell that to Mike. You know? When I first interviewed Mike three years ago, uh, Mike, Mike'sLessons.com was 20 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. And he had 2,500 users right. on it a month. So yeah. should, we, should we really quickly do the math on that? Um, <laughs> right. That's right. Five so grand. let's see 2,500 times 20. That's $50,000 a month in, in essentially, you know, cause not everybody participates every month. So a lot of right. it is residual. Now he's 30 bucks a month and has 10,000 uh, listeners or 10,000 users. Right. That's so insane. yeah, it's, that is now, and he just signed that deal with Amazon. So that's 300 K a month. Plus he signed the deal with Amazon that I, you know, wouldn't surprise me that he's at seven figures a month soon. I think he's making most of the money in drumming. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's the other option, which is the, the lesson side. And, you know, it's never, a, the thing is with, um, with people like Mike, when you, when you get a, I can look at, into, I can look at uh, YouTube right now and I can look at four or five different players that I really love how they play. And three of them don't do any sort of online teaching or lessons or whatever. You know, I like, I like Mike. But if I was like, oh, I'm going to be, uh, you know, uh, if, if I see like between him and someone like Louis Palmer, I, I go Louis Palmer. If I, I take Louis Palmer style all day because mm -hmm. he's just a monster. Like, I just love how he plays. He's very Vinnie Coliuta, though. And I'm a big Vinnie guy. So, right. you know what I mean? 
So Mike is like super technical and and has, you know, uh, he's super smooth in what he does. But as a drummer, I don't aspire to play exactly like him, mm-hmm. you know? So, but, you know, if Gavin Harrison started teaching regular online lessons, I would probably sign up, <laughs> right. you know? Right. But so you got to, so the point is, the point I'm making is I'm in an industry, which is this entrepreneurial world, um, where a lot of people coach on the same stuff. You can, you can join my coaching group, which is called Solo Lab, and you can learn to take your hobby and your skill set and make it into a business, which is essentially what we're talking about right now. Right. But you can also, I could recommend you to six different people that are my friends, Chris Ducker and Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas and all these people that also have coaching groups. So ultimately, you always decide who, who you resonate with, like who it is you resonate with. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking right now, well, Mike's already done this. Or the drum coaches or any of those guys, they've already, or Drumeo, they've already done this. So there's going to be no space for me. That's, that's very untrue because you could be playing in a style that people resonate with. And that's right. the difference. Right. I, what if you did, you know, Mike's lessons, but it was all jazz? Right. You know, or right. something, whatever. I mean, it, it could be, it could be anything. You could, could completely be... model, you can model what's been out there is the point. Right. You know, right. and it's sort of like every business book that comes out or every whatever book that comes out. Like it's already been written before. It's just how it's marketed, how it's promoted, how it's written. You know, well, it's the person. It's the, I mean, ultimately, you're hiring a, a, a person to teach you. So you got to dig that person. Right. And that's the that's the big difference. So just because somebody else has done it doesn't mean you can't put your own unique spin on it and, you know, do something else. So um, so that's another option. Right. I mean, I have a video. I'm not a teacher at all. But I have one video on my, I, you know, all my videos on YouTube get like whatever, a hundred hits or something like that. You know, they don't get a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a couple grand. Maybe I think I have a Maroon 5 one that's got like 15,000. But I have one that was like the Gavin Harrison paradiddle diddle drum lick. It's got like 70,000 or something on it because it says Gavin Harrison in the title. Right. You know, right. so it's it. And, and I've spoken to people where I think they could be doing a better job marketing themselves. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen drummers online that are some of the best drummers I've ever seen. Um, and Mike will be the first guy to tell you he's not the greatest drummer in the world. But, man, is he one of the best entrepreneurs I've ever met? He's just fantastic. And yeah. he's a perfect combination of all those things. You know, mm-hmm. he's just a uh, he's I just think he's a brilliant, brilliant dude. And um, in fact, he's just started a uh, uh, an astronomy podcast. Yeah. As well. uh, astrophysics. Right. right? Yeah. And, and that's just like what? And he's also a dude that he loves listening to like sports radio, but he doesn't like sports. He's just a, he's a unique dude. Yeah, he is. And uh, and and but but what an amazing job he's done, like reverse engineering iTunes. So that one dollar, two dollar thing. That's when I talk about cash flow. That stuff really adds up. It can really add up, mm-hmm. you know. If you need to make, you think about it this way. Let's say you only made 20 bucks a day. So that was like, let's maybe a hundred dollars a week. So by the end of the month, you made 400 bucks from your little drum loops or the end of the month, you made 400 bucks from your drum loops. Dude, that's a free car. Mm -hmm. Are you understanding what that looks like? That is a car payment. So if you want a BMW M3, you got it for free by playing a couple of drum loops. So stop it. Like just figure out what it is you want your life to look like tack on about 30% to it on top, and then that's your number that you can start working backwards from. 
So tying in with this conversation, we're talking about building a business, building different revenue streams to free up some more of your time so that you can actually play more music. And many of today's successful drummers are already experts in the business of music and all areas of content creation, like songwriting, recording, things like that. So they do this because they need to stay working. And Musicians Institute suggests that you do not ignore these trends. And rather than allowing engineers and business people to define your artistic success, today's drummers are embracing, working, and playing with them instead of for them. So you need to get your drum chops together, but you also need to get your business and tech chops together. And the best place to do that is Musicians Institute in Hollywood, California. You can learn more about MI at mi.edu. One line in the dream symbol family that I think is really cool is the dark matter family. They have the flat earth, the moon ride, and the dark matter energy. And although they're all made a little bit differently, they all involve the dark matter process. And this is really cool. Check this out. They take a symbol that is already finished and then put it back in the oven, hand hammer it, and then shock it with cold water, and then put it back in the oven. And what happens is the ash and the soot from the oven are fused to the top layer of the metal, which give it this really, really unique sound. And you know what? I want to let you hear exactly what this process does to a symbol. Check them out. To learn more about Dream Symbols, their Dark Matter line, and all their great products, be sure to check out dreamsymbols.com. All right, let's get back into it with my man, Michael O'Neill. You know, a lot of people think that they need to make a lot more money than they actually need to. Because, no, I, you know, I think Tim Ferriss said it, that people don't actually want to be millionaires. They just want to live like millionaires. Sure. And what does that really mean? It's that you can come and go as you please and you, you know, you don't have to stress about money and you can sort of you know like i don't think anybody's like i want to be a millionaire so i can buy all of this stuff right you know i mean unless, unless people, you like vintage cars like i do because well, that's legitimately what i want to do with it. yeah well i want to buy a ferrari so <laughs> a what a ferrari yeah all right that's cool um, I think you should do that yeah only because it's so stupid but like i've wanted one since i was five so so get one which one do you have one in your in your mind oh yeah 458 italia but so that's the one but that didn't exist when you were a little kid though no, 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 it didn't. The the uh the Testarossa was the one with the you know with the one mirror on the side. So there's it's funny you say that particular car. There's actually one here in San Diego for 70k right now. Really? I'm thinking, "Oh god, I should just figure out to I should get it, stick it in a locker and wait 5 years until it's 250 grand and sell it." Yeah, sure. It That's may, what people all my friends flip cars like you wouldn't believe. It may be an investment opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nice. If, I got a car if you know a guy. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but so, so what I'm saying is I think that I think, you know, for people to be sort of maybe they don't want to necessarily be location independent, but for them to be able to either replace their day gig or maybe replace their second job. You know, like if pe if somebody's working two jobs, they may say, hey, I can figure out this loop thing and I can do a couple other things. Oh, it makes me an extra like, you know, thousand bucks a month. It's a lot of right. money. Well, and the other thing is, how do you translate some of your existing skill sets? So I'm a, I am was a web guy for my career. So I could have easily built a template for musicians. This is like if I really wanted to, I could have built like a three or four page WordPress 
template for musicians and just turned around and sold those to my musician friends for 500 bucks. Mm -hmm. It would have taken me like a day to implement. And then they would have had a nice website. They could add their tour dates to and that kind of thing. I would have been making, you know, maybe 500 bucks, a thousand bucks a week from banging out these sites. And it's just getting into the hustle of every business mm -hmm. to make it actually work. So what do you, what, what do you know, you know, what, what do you know about that you could potentially translate to other musicians? What right. need could you fill? Mm -hmm. You know, where's the white space? I would love uh, to have an option of a website for everyone who listens to the podcast and be like, all right, it's 200 bucks. Right. You know, and you add, like, it's all set up. You just add your info, add your pictures, and add your, your tour dates, your video, you know, your social media well, why, links, all that stuff. Done. There's, you could do that. You, could, yeah. you, Nick, could easily do that with, you know, an outsourced designer. Right. And say, hey, if, if you're a drummer and you need a great website, um, I got a spot. You can upload your YouTube videos. I've got a spot for your tour dates. You've got a spot for your contact info. It's 200 bucks. Um, I know we don't have a lot of money. So it's 200 bucks. Um, you buy it. It's all automated. And you could run it through like, you know, I, I use HostGator, but you can mm -hmm. run it through a hosting company and have a one-stop shop for anybody that's a drummer that wants their own website. Right. You know? And the reason so, why I say that is because I think every single person listening, if you're a drummer, you should have a website. Yeah, of course you should. So, you know, you know, like, yeah, it's of course you should. It's amazing. silly. It's silly. The, the, the thing is, your playing is probably fine. If you're not playing, you're not marketing yourself very well. Mm -hmm. You know, and you, when you think about what it what it really takes, let's say you want to play more. What it really takes to play more gigs is not necessarily chops, you know, because mm -hmm. I met um, was that me or you? What are, are the Skype thing? Did someone just I'm I'm do not disturb. Anyway, um, I heard a little bloop bloop from Skype. Anyway, uh, um, so the like you don't need to have these like blazing chops to be able to be a successful drummer. So um, one of the guys I know here is named Scott Page, and he's a was the sax player for uh, Pink Floyd. And he's got this really cool new app that's coming out. And one of the guys on there's only like 10 people that know about the app and we're kind of all testing it. And uh, but one of them is Kenny Arnoff, you know, who's mm -hmm. obviously legendary drummer. When you see his um, like uh, uh, his his resume, it's bonkers. It's He's insane. played with like everybody. Well, I had him on the podcast and it took him like five minutes to get through the list of people he's played it's, with. I mean, it's like the most famous drummers, I mean, most famous musicians in the world for yeah. the last like 25 years. But you see one of his solos, you go, oh, all right. I mean, solid. Yeah. But you're not, you're not like, what was that? You know, it wasn't. So he's a, he's a, a, a two and four like backbeat drummer, hits hard, he gives the singers and songwriters and stuff uh, uh, something to latch on to, and they hire him and hire him and hire him and hire him. Yep. And then you got these dudes on YouTube that you're like, I've never even seen a human move that fast. How does that even work? Yeah. But they're not playing for anybody. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's not it's probably not your chops. I, within ten minutes, I can teach someone. Dunt. Got, don't, got, don't, got. I'm like, all right, you know, 85% of drum, you know, uh, of, you know, <laughs> like drum grooves now. Just by, by that, you can play most songs that, that you hear on the radio with that one groove. So yeah, add some variations, you'll be good. 
Yeah, right. As soon as you get the dunk, dunk, then you're then you're there. Then you're really, you know, then you move that right hand around. And you got like 85 percent. So that, you know, and sadly, it's what most, you know, bands and songwriters want is this metronome back there. We, we know that we need to spice it up a bit. Come on now. But um, but so it's the marketing. If, if you can't if you're not gigging and you're not playing or doing something outside of that. It's probably not your drumming. It's probably the marketing side that you got to dig into a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? I've had I've had conversations with people because I do you know career coaching coaching, and sometimes guys don't want to work on anything else except they're playing. And I say, listen, there's there's other things that you need to work on as well. If if you're running a business, you can't just you know you can't just uh, if you can't just be the chef and cook the food and not worry about the bills and and you know, the taxes and the marketing and how you're going to get people in the door and paying the electric bill and all that kind of stuff. You can't just stay in the kitchen and cook. Right. That's the E-Myth Revisited. If you guys don't know about that book, it's read, book. Uh, read the, the, the Michael Gerber's a pain in the butt. Um, I interviewed him, but um, the, the book is called the E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. And actually, in fact, uh, I'll, I'll plug something of my own. I've got a set of books called the sexy seven. And if you read these books in the order that I present them, Everything about your life will change. All of your financial, ev like everything will. And uh, you can go to kit.com slash solo hour, kit.com slash solo hour, and you'll see the sexy seven. Get them from Amazon, bang them out on audiobook, and uh, your life will thus be transformed. Nice. Nice. Yes. So the, um, so the E-Myth Revisited is basically the idea of the worker also running the business and how why, that's why most you know businesses fail like a, a person who likes to cook says i should open up a restaurant and they go in and open up a restaurant but they're actually not business people they're workers they're they're chefs right that's right? correct yeah so yeah and and really it's um you it he he defines it as you need to be ultimately three people it's a technician which is what we all most of us are we're good at doing a thing um, the CEO, who's the really big picture thinker, and then the business person, which does the hiring and firing and the books and that kind of thing. That's like three different humans generally. Mm -hmm. And we often try to take on all of this stuff ourselves, And that's why we fail because we can't do all those things very so well. What do you think? You're a technician? Yeah. I, again, I think we, we all are. So if we're good at a thing, I'm definitely a technician for sure. But I have, uh, I also have a bit of big picture uh, in me. Uh, I'm pretty horrible at the business part. Really? Yeah. In general. Yeah. It's like I, I think I would be like I, I earn a good living now, but I think I would be at least five X more if if I if I had kind of a a, a business uh person. <laughs> so really? that's what, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I'm like the complete opposite. Oh really? Yeah, I'm not I'm not really a technician. I'm more of the business guy, like big picture thinking guy. That's two things, yeah. So, so you're not good at a thing. You're, you're not very good at something. Not, I mean, I can play drums, but like, right? I'm not. There's no. I'm more. I'm more the sort of the the thinker and the the. Uh, I'm I'm really good at business. Right. It just makes sense to me. And but big picture thinking, I'm really good at too. I remember when right. I was in college, my professor asked me to stay after, and I was like, oh no, here we go. And uh, he was like, you have zero ability for like the very fine details but astonishingly you're astonishingly good at seeing the whole entire big picture and sort of surveying the whole entire scene and then coming up with 
a way to resolve that. Huh. I was like, oh, that's good. He said, you'll make a great CEO one day. And I was like, oh, perfect. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. That's like, awesome. So I was like, I'm never going right. to go work for anyone though. But <laughs> <laughs> Right. That, that's it. It's game over then. Yeah. Be the CEO of my company. Um, yeah. So... I, and we talked about this a little bit, but I want to I want to unpack it a little bit more. So, if you were in a position where you were a drummer and you like, we talked about the loop thing, but how would you go about sort of walk, you know, like walking down the journey of figuring this out of of some ideas of how to how to make sort of some side hustle money or or convert everything from you know working a day job to working on things that you love every day all right so and for this i'll i'm going to kind of remove it a bit from the drumming world if that's okay yeah that's fine so this is really just about finding your your gig um because like right now my business has nothing to do with drums but i can go right now and go play my drums whenever i want you know and just and and enjoy them so um and that's really the 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 hope that we all could have is like, oh, let me just spend a couple hours playing a day. And that'd be awesome. So there's an exercise that stemmed from a, uh, another. I think all the good things in my life has happened have happened from breakups. Um, this one was a um, I was broken hearted over this girl and and a, uh, someone I a friend of mine said, do this piece of paper, write pros on one side, cons on the other, and write all of the pros of the relationship, things you loved about it, and then all the things you didn't like about it on the, in the other column. Then cross off anything you could get from any relationship. So if you're like, oh, I really liked, you know, cuddling on the couch on Sunday night watching The Sopranos. Uh, I could do that with another human. That wouldn't be it. So I would cross that off. Whatever you're left with is what you're allowed to mourn. So you can do, a, and I've taken that and I've adapted it to becoming a successful solopreneur. So sit down and jot down everything you're good at, everything you're capable of. And this could be like, I've raised two kids and kept the girl off the pole and the guy out of jail, you know, or it could be, I can change a flat tire in a car. I could do whatever. Uh, I'm great at Excel spreadsheets. Just write all of that stuff down. And, and then also write, the stuff that you love, just kind of, that's a different column, stuff that I love and just write down all the things you love, whether, you, whether your hobbies or you might, you might like a, a smell, you might, whatever it is, just write all the stuff you love in the other column. And then with that left column, which is all the things you know how to do, just start crossing out the things that, uh, that everybody can do. Like, oh, I, I'm great at waiting at a stop sign for three seconds. And so, all right, I feel pretty good about that one. God, I can't really build a business. There goes my skill set. <laughs> right, boom, you're out. But what typically what you're left with, though, is what makes you unique. These are the unique skills that you have that you might be able to uh, show to the world. And so <clears throat> I could say something like, as a, as a web guy, I was very good at seeing the big picture for small business clients. So it would that which involved brand, it involved marketing, it involved, you know, uh, the design, the web, the interface, the business cards, all that stuff. I was really good at seeing that whole thing. So I could really give them a uh, uh the, the experience of a big agency where you'd work with the whole team of people that did all kinds of things, but for a fraction of the cost. So that was like a unique proposition that I had that not a lot of people had in my industry 
because some are just basic designers or some were marketing people or some were branding people, but rarely could somebody put them all together. And that mm -hmm. was my thing. So that's where I, that's where my freelance career, um, you know, it was, I think my tagline was, uh, agency service without agency pricing or something like that. And I was able then to get, you know, a bunch of three to five K clients without too much trouble. Because I could, I, I could be like, look, I, I'll do the brand. I'll do your cards. I'll do this one-stop shop. I do a good job. Here's my portfolio. And they'd be like, oh, it looks great. And it's like literally $20,000 cheaper than your competitors. I'm like, All right, bring it in. So I would do it. So that was unique for me. Um, you know, having the skill set as a, you know, now a conversationalist. And as you know, sometimes doing these interviews and stuff isn't easy. And you've got to really, you, you have an idea in the back of your mind and you've got to translate that and make sure your audience understands the, 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 the voice and what the translation is that the guest is saying so that they can get the value out of it. That's a, a learned skill. Mm -hmm. And that's something I discovered that I was pretty good at. So that's where the podcast came from, you know? Right. So these are things that like I happen to be pretty good at. And again, when people see my branding, I, Dan Martell, who's a big entrepreneur dude, said, dude, you're, you know, I don't know if I told you this before, but your brand is one of the best in our whole industry. Like the, what you've done with the Solopreneur Hour and how it looks and the consistency across the board. It just is awesome. That's awesome. And, well, it's great. But it, I mean, it happened because I was a guy for 20 years. I, I was a branding guy. You know, right. It's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's right. That's my unique skill set that I brought to this industry. So, mm -hmm. you know, if I, um, if you, if you do those things and then you're able to kind of pick a platform. So how can, let's, let's say you found something that out of that, that thing that you're good at or that you really like. Um, here's an example. I collect, well, I say collect. Uh, I only have one left now, but I really love vintage Porsches. Mm -hmm. and I, it's been something I've been into for like 17 years and I'm creating a product for it right now. Um, and in doing so I'm going now to all these different like shows and, and car shows and talking to a bunch of people and connecting with the vendors and the top line people. This is stuff I could talk about all day long. I love it. And I'm going to create this product for this, this audience that I know is super passionate and they'll spend money. Mm -hmm. So those are two important things, you know, if you're trying to make some kind of side hustle, I don't know if this thing will go anywhere. And and that's another important tip, which is, hey, when you started Drummer's Resource, it's like, yeah, I don't know if anybody's going to listen. Uh, you have I, no idea. I didn't think anyone was. It still blows my mind. No but, idea. You know, so it's not like how am I going to monetize this? It's like, you know what? I love drumming. I know some people in the industry. I want to connect with them and hear their, their real inside stories. I'm going to start a podcast and talk about it. And now you're doing, you know, over a hundred thousand downloads a month and you've got this big popular show and you've had uh, some of the drummers you've had on have just blown me away. So it's like, and, and by the way, and now you're at the point where you can say, okay, you know what, then how can I, how can I monetize this? Well, we've already talked about Today, we've talked about you probably legitimately could put a little template together, work with one of the hosting companies and make a page where people could just build their own drumming websites. Right. I haven't seen it yet. So I think there's some white space there. And I'd say, yeah, I would do that. And even though you don't know anything about design or websites, I mean, I know you know enough to, that you've done your own, but it's not your industry. Right. But it wouldn't be that hard to get a designer from Upwork to design your, just tell them a, a specific set of requirements and say, look, here's what drummers need. 
can you design me like a four page WordPress, you know, template that looks right. like this right. based on the, the Divi theme? And he goes, yeah, great. And then you just sell that modified theme for 200 bucks and sell some instructions or whatever, like have a video instruction on how to install it, have an affiliate link to your HostGator account. And, you know, that's something that you could probably make a few thousand dollars a month doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, but that's an example for anybody. So you better do it first. Right. And, uh, right. <laughs> you know, so, I, hearing all of this, I, I think it's great to, to talk about this because it reminds me of when I was starting Drummer's Resource. And so I want to sort of reiterate what I've sort of come to learn is that I think everyone's looking for like the next multi-million dollar idea or, you know, a way that right. they're going to make all of this money. Well, here's the, here's the reality of the situation. If you want to play drums and you want to do it full time and you know, if you're, if you're going to do that, you're probably only going to be playing drums at most four hours a day. Maybe oh, I, wish I, I wish I could play four hours a day. No, I mean, like if you're if you are all you do is play drums. If you're on tour, you're going to play 90 minutes a day. Right. That's it. An hour and a half and pr plus practice. Right? right. So you have all this other time. Practice. And if you can get yourself in a position to where you're playing all these gigs and you got a side hustle that makes you a couple grand a month, then you're sitting pretty. You don't pretty have life. you don't have to like. You know, be making and it's easy to look at Instagram and all this stuff and see guys in like jets and all that. And you're like, oh, you know, but the reality is it's like you don't have to you don't have to make a million dollars a year. It's like and, people, you know, most people are like, I just want to make enough money to to pay my bills and and sort of live comfortably. Well, that's fine. But as as Jimmy Chamberlain said from Smashing Pumpkins, you know, if you want to do this as a career, economics are part of the equation on some level they have to be if you want right. to have some sort of meaningful existence so i don't want i don't want this conversation to be a you know to sound like we're like hey what's the best way that you can make money to do that but yeah money is a real thing and it has to be talked about and you can be an artist and all that stuff but if you want to have a, a roof above your head and you want to be able to you know pay your bills and and buy new gear and all that stuff you have to make money you know like chase right. jarvis from creative live said i don't make I don't make art to make money. I make money to make more art. Sure. So yeah, that's exactly right. So that's all we're saying here is that there's multiple ways. There's creative ways that you as a drummer can take your unique set of skills, couple that with your drumming, whether or whether you want to or not, but take your skill set to design a life that works for you and allows you to have more freedom to play gigs and to tour and to do those other, all those other things. Well, plus, like, you don't, you can't expect, there's a, there's, it's such an elite few that get to make their living as full-time musicians. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, it really is. Anybody that I know that's, that's doing this and is really in the hustle, like you said, the music part is not the biggest part of their life. There's a lot of gig booking and there's a lot of hustle and there's a lot of that kind of thing. And I, I, I think what we are saying is, that's all good, and you should totally still do that, but you could probably make a lot more money with a little side gig and then just play the gigs you want instead of having to play four or five days a week and gigs that maybe you don't want that much. Right. You know, it's I all, think. It's all about freedom. It's all about freedom, young yep. Nicholas. And that's, that's why I started, I started Drummer's Resource. I didn't want to take gigs that I didn't want to take.
Right. So right. I didn't want to drive exactly. to Tuscaloosa, Alabama in a van <laughs> right. if I don't, right. just because I need to pay the rent. And I've done that before. So like, I'm not saying that I'm above that. I'm saying I've already done that. I've slept on floors. I've toured in a van. Like, I've toured in a crappy car and stayed in subpar conditions and played at shithole clubs all over the country. I've done all that. Right. And I just, now at this point in my career, I don't really feel like doing that anymore. It's not worth it enough for me to, to you know, go on tour and be away from my wife and, you know, be away from my community and all that to go play in front of seven people in some random town in the world. Right. So I don't sure. know if that, I don't know if that makes me like not as real of an artist or not. I don't know. Yeah. You're a poser, dude. <laughs> Legit. 100% poser. <laughs> um, but look, the point is, is that we all have skill sets and it's the, it's the creative thinking that, you know, when I come back, when my book comes out, which will be this year, which is called Unemployable, it's about exactly what we've been talking about today, which is how to take your, your skills and make them into a thing. Um, you'll, you, you, you have to spend some time assessing the situation and kind of see who you are and what you can offer to the world. Once you've done that, eh, then we're in business. Then we can really start talking about what to, what to do with it and, and, and how to make a side gig so that you can go and play more drums and just kind of dig your life. Right. Right. Yeah. I agree. All that. All so that. where can people go if they want to learn more about you, they want to follow you, they want to connect with you, all that fun stuff? Uh, everything is uh, at pretty much at solohour.com or at solohour. It's S-O-L-O-H-O-U-R on uh, Instagram and on, uh, on the Twitter and on you know iTunes. And then my drumming... My drumming stuff, if anybody cares, is at uh, Mike Plays Drums on Instagram. Mike Plays Drums. You know, the, the solo hour could work for, for drumming, too. It could. It totally yeah. could. But if anybody wants to send me a one-hour solo, I'll post it on the front page of my website. <laughs> and, then I, and then I'll laugh because I won't. But, but uh, I think it's a – yeah, that's true. And it, oh. it, it has all kinds of connotations. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Michael O'Neill, thanks for your time, brother. I appreciate it. Young Nicholas, I'm looking forward to connecting in uh, in uh, San Francisco over some fucking chowder, dude. <laughs> We're going to do it. Yeah. We're going to do like it. it. Good deal, cool. man. All right. Cheers. Thanks again, brother. See ya. So there you have it, Michael O'Neill. And for the links to everything that we talk about, especially his Sexy 7, the books that he recommends that everyone check out, you can find them at drummersresource.com forward slash 251. And I hope you enjoyed this. I, I think that it was really important and really great to explore some of these ideas, to give you some different ideas of ways that you can focus on your strengths and you can use them to generate more revenue and you can, you know, get yourself on the path to playing more instead of being sort of stuck in that grind of the nine to five, if that's what you choose to do. Or if you're in that nine to five and you love it, you can also do a little side hustle with your music and make some extra bread all the while playing more and more. And one thing to note is I mentioned it in this session that playing music is not all about money and it's actually the complete opposite of that. But if you want to do this as a career or even as a part-time job, economics play a part in this. So I, I, I'm trying to you know, at least spread the word about different ways that you can increase some of the money that you're bringing in the door 
to give you more freedom and more opportunities to just play drums because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So I hope you dug it. And again, please leave a rating or a review at uh, iTunes. You can do that on iTunes and that helps the podcast show up higher in the search results. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening and I will be talking to you soon. Peace.